welcome to episode 961 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, July 27th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I am well. How was your camping trip? It was nice. It was uh, just me and my daughter, and we uh, just kind of had some one-on-one time and, and hung out. I'm still dirty as fuck because <laughs> I, I literally got home like an hour ago. I haven't had a chance yet to shower, so I figure I'll talk with you and then I'll go shower, which is always good advice after talking to you for a while. <laughs> True. True. That makes a lot of sense there. Well, I appreciate you making the time here, and uh, we got plenty to talk about, so we are going to dive right into it. I'm talking about a trade that's, you know, day plus old right now, but of course our first opportunity to talk about the Adam Frazier deal he goes out to San Diego. We knew he was on the move. We, you know, there were rumors floating around, but uh, San Diego was a bit of a surprise. And, you know, they've really taken on that Dodgers approach of we can't have too much coverage, whether it's pitching or with our hitters. And there was a weird thing that I don't know, kind of bothered me. I guess "bother" is not the right word, but I was like, "What are you guys talking about?" This. When the trade first happened, I'm like, well, what about Jake Cronenworth? It's like, yeah, it's not going to affect Jake Cronenworth. Frazier plays other places, and even Cronenworth can move around. If that, That's not the guy that you should be asking questions about. There's, uh, They've given 522, 21 plate appearances to Jerks and Profar and Ha-Sung Kim together. Um, you know, Tommy Pham and Will Myers are not bastions of health. They've both been good this year. Uh, above average, but they have not. They're not bastions of health. And frankly, maybe Eric Hosmer has to lose some playing time. Cronenworth slides over to first. Frazier plays second. Then they've already announced that he that Frazier's going to be a super util kind of guy. Uh, but in no world was it ever going to impact Cronenworth. And I, I found that kind of weird. Uh, for Frazier's part, he's 12th at second base on the player radar. 32nd in outfield. He leads baseball with 125 hits, but just four homers and five steals in nine tries, by the way. So again, I think it impacts Profar, Kim Hosmer, not Cronenworth at all. What did you think of the Adam Frazier to Pitts, uh, to San Diego deal? Uh, I mean, I think it's a great deal for them. Uh, I, I thought it was a decent return for Pittsburgh. Nothing like super flashy. I thought it was a good return. Yeah. I, I like Marcano. Um, 21-year-old to compete Marcano. We can talk a bit about him in a mm-hmm. moment. But, uh, yeah, I thought they did well in that deal for, you know, an old, uh, an older, um, you know, an older player in Frazier who's, like, not super high impact, kind of having a career year. I, I thought it was uh, nice. I, I was a little surprised it ended up being a team like San Diego. You, I mean, yes. San Diego already had a ton of depth, and but like you said, they're they're doing what the Dodgers like to do and make sure that every base is literally covered uh, and like triple covered. Yeah, and so I, I kind of expected their first move to be either in the bullpen or maybe even another starter. Uh, I, I didn't think it'd be a player like this, but it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it uh, it kind of <laughs> means they don't have to play guys like Kim uh, or guys like Will Myers or Profar on a, on a daily basis. Because I, I I agree. Like I think Frazier plays every day. He may play a different position every day too, but I think he's going to continue to play every day. He's been too good right now. Roster resource hasn't pegged up as their uh, as their leadoff hitter. So yeah, uh, yeah I think he's going to play pretty close to every day and be fine. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, this is a uh, this is a nice little move for them. Uh, 
I was a little surprised other teams that lack the depth uh, that the Padres have didn't get involved and, and make mm-hmm. a better offer. But this is where he ended up. We heard, you know, Seattle was rumored, and we'll get to Seattle a bit later in a very interesting rumor. Uh, he was rumored there. I think that would have been a good fit for them as well uh, because he also has another year. And I think anything Seattle does should not necessarily be rental focused. Um, I mean, it can be as long as it's uber cheap, but if it costs anything of note, I think it sh- they should just go for the bigger piece that can help next year. So Frazier would have been a useful fit to put there, uh, but they've set their sights a little bit higher at this point. Again, like, oh, we will get into that when we do a trade rumor segment. And as far as uh, Frazier, so you don't believe he's going to lose any playing time. And if anything, this helps because the runs and ribbies should move up. Um, he's still not much of a power source. They might continue to let him run, even though he's not great at it. San Diego is open to running, and maybe they have some tips for him, maybe not to get caught as much. He has 25 <laughs> career stolen bases and 21. That's a really good he, tip. Don't don't he, get taught, caught. Don't so get much. caught. Like yeah. he's he's really not good at it. So um, you're not really relying on did, him for either of those things. Did you he's hear his everything. comments? No. What do you say? Um, he said that he had won in every stop of his career until he got to the Pirates. He's looking forward to like winning again. I mean, I bet he went to Mississippi State. That's that's a quality college. Um, I imagine maybe some of those minor league teams were doing well too on his way up. And he's like, hey, you know, we'll I'll I'll, I'll be all right with the Pirates. And then it's like, no, you won't. No, you won't. They're very bad. Uh, you know, you want to you want to have the best vision of your organization when you get there. I don't remember exactly what Pittsburgh was when he first got there let's see he he joined the organization in 2013 i'm trying to think you know because they had in their last like what decade they've had a few yeah yeah you know that team that they traded uh glass now in meadows for yes chris archer well right when he got there they had lost the nlds they made the and then they made the wild card the next two years so 13 14 and 15 his first three years in the org for frazier in the org not with the team this is in the minors he's like well i'm going to a team that is competing. So this is cool. Let me get up there as soon as I can. And then things went by the wayside and we know where the pirates are now. So he gets an opportunity to jump right into the mix. Should be fun for him. Um, and, and like I said, we'll talk more trade rumor stuff here in a, in a, in its own segment momentarily, but a little bit more news. Jared Walsh leaves his game with a little bit of a side injury after hitting a single. Doesn't look serious. Uh, they're not terribly concerned about it. We'll see. I hope it doesn't turn into like an oblique. Uh, he's been brutal in July, 208, 218, 325 with just a couple homers. But, you know, I'm not too worried about it. his overall season. has still been fantastic. I feel like this is just a little bit of, of smoothing out of his numbers. Obviously, if, there's, if this injury is a big deal, that could change the outlook. But for now, I'm not too worried about Jared Walsh. We'll just kind of monitor it day to day. Um, so there's not really any preemptive move. We'll see if he's in the lineup tonight. But what do you think about Walsh the rest of the season? He had the, the fantastic start. Like I said, he's been a little rough this month. Are you expecting him to be, say, a mid to high 800s OPS the rest of the way? Yeah, that seems fair. I mean, he's been really, really good this season. I'm, I'm not worried about like a little blip in the radar after the all-star break. You know, some guys just mm-hmm. start a little bit slow. We talked on, on Sunday about Korea having dropped his batting average like 20 points since the All-Star break. Uh, and that's, you know, some guys just start out of the gate a little bit slow. Uh, once uh, once the break's back, I think he'll be fine. He, he's been really, really impressive. Uh, you know, 
walk rate is, you know, 7%, strikeout rate, 28%, you know, right in line kind of with what we expected him to do in general. And he's been getting playing time every day to the point where they were able to just let go of Albert Pujols. That's the thing. Uh, he, he basically pushed Pujols out, Walsh did, uh, because they realized that they had something here and they wanted him to play daily as 22 homers. And I agree with you with regards to like the second half situation, like, uh, you know, that's fine. In fact, that's been much worse part of July for him. 175 average, 375 OBP for Walsh. So I'm not worried. Honestly, if this is like a couple day injury just to let him clear his head, it might actually be for the better in a, yeah. in a weird way, especially if it's not an IL bound situation. Yeah, I mean, I'm always worried about side injuries because they could be the dreaded oblique. Exactly. That uh, is my main concern. But and if, if it's, it's not an oblique that, injury, depending on how serious of an oblique injury it is, like that could make him droppable in a lot of formats. Like if he's going to miss six weeks at this point, can you really hold on to him in a lot of formats? I would agree with that. I think that would be the worst case scenario. So let's hope it's not that. Of course, they're downplaying it. We'll have to see it. It's kind of an up in the air right now. I just wanted to at least bring it up because um, so it's on our radar for Jared Walsh. Um, another injury, watch this one. As I was watching my Tigers make a great comeback that came up just short, uh, Taylor Rogers had a finger injury that made him forced him to leave right in the middle of his outing. Alex Colome comes in and, <laughs> you know, listen, we know that batter versus pitcher numbers – are, are, they don't really mean a whole lot, right? They're, 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 they're pretty bullshit because of just how small of a sample they are. Exactly. But literally, as they were pointing out, and they weren't even saying, like, he has a home run against him, so this is this is a great opportunity. They're just giving the numbers. They didn't even make one case about them one way or the other. They just said, he's whatever for whatever with one home run. And as they're saying the word run, he jumps first pitch and Grossman hits the game tire. It was so sick. There was a lot of fun baseball last night. And uh, I didn't stream so I was because I was doing some some other work and prep for the pod. And there, there were some awesome games. That game was dope. Marquez Otani was fun. The Mariners game was unbelievable. Um, the Phillies coming back against the Nats. The Cubs Reds went long. They're, the first game of or second game of the Braves Mets doubleheader was one nothing. The Royals got a one run win over the White Sox. Monday night for being a short slate, uh, one run win for the Red Sox over the Jays. For being a short slate, it was an action packed one. I really, really enjoyed just fully having baseball on the second screen while I was doing um, some MLB the Show work that I do, and as well as uh, pod prep. So, if if you missed baseball last night. Sorry, you missed a good one. As far as regular season nights go, yeah, it was, a it was kind of a bummer for me to be camping. Uh, for camping, I Wi-Fi. What cool Wi-Fi was uh, like good enough where I could like watch some highlights and stuff if I waited mm -hmm. long enough. But um, you know, and, and do but my you're, articles. But you're not streaming full games. No, no, yeah, Wi-Fi is not quite strong enough out there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I was able to get both my rudder write-ups done while while hey, camping, so that's nice. I'm, I was impressed. Very well done. Um, so with regards to Rodgers, he leaves with the sprained finger. This obviously could impact his trade market. I will say, you know, Robles actually leads the team in saves. So it doesn't necessarily change a whole lot there. If he is out, it would just give Robles the full job at that point. So I, I wish we had more info because it is kind of a wait and see right now. Obviously, if it's an injury that's going to put him on the IL, then Rodgers will not be traded. And then Robles becomes the full guy. 
I think if it doesn't, though, if it is just like a day or two and he's fine, I still then think he's going to be traded and Robles gets the full job. So either way, it looks like Robles, unless he gets traded. So I guess that's my real question to you. Do you think one, both, or neither get traded? Let's assume Roger's health for now, just for the sake of this this uh, this discussion. I think I think as long as this injury isn't serious, even if it keeps him out for a few days, uh, Roger's going to get traded. Okay. So you I think Robles goes too? He's 31. I think, yeah. I mean, he's a free agent at the end of the year, so yeah. uh, there's no reason for them to hold on to him. If they can get anything for him, uh, they should probably try to. So They, they probably can't. Like, he has not been great. Uh, Rodgers has been quite good, so he would definitely bring back something. That's why, you know, um, you want your players to be healthy regardless, mm-hmm. but the Twins front office is probably, dang it, dude, we really could get something for him. So they, they really hope he's healthy for that aspect as well. Robles, you're going to bring back like some random prospect that it will be more of a lottery ticket. Then where would you go if both get moved out? Do you go just down the line to like a Tyler Duffy who's been kind of hit and miss? Do you go to Alex Colome who came in and gave up that home run? who has closing experience but has not been very good this year, and home runs have been perhaps his biggest issue. Uh, wh- where, where do you go in this Twins bullpen if both Robles and Rogers are gone by Friday? I mean, theoretically, Colome could get traded too. That is true. He's 32. He, he's and got a mutual option left, but no one's <laughs> no one's agreeing to that mutual option yeah. after the way history. things have gone. So uh, I could see a team wanting him just for reinforcements. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the Reds could take a chance on somebody like that. They just need bodies at this point. Yeah. So they might see some. So, yeah, if all three of them are gone, then I think it's Duffy by process of elimination, unless you like Jorge Alcala. Yeah, and no, I think it's probably Duffy uh, as the guy who's who's next man up. Um, I wonder if they have anybody in, in AAA that uh, Kyle Bearclaw. <laughs> oh, wow. Is in, is in their AAA well, system. Um, Would you make any preemptive pickups in daily leagues on the heels of? I think I would probably go get Duffy. Okay, if you're desperate, like, what's your desperation level for saves to make that move? Um, I mean, I guess I mean none. You don't. I don't even think you need to be necessarily super desperate because if he if he's not the guy, you can drop him pretty quickly. If they don't True. trade okay. either Robles uh, or Rogers. Um, you could probably just dump him. I, I think they would probably like to get Colome back into the role if they could to see if mm-hmm. they can kind of recoup any of that cost because he can be, you know, all all these guys could be waiver trade guys too. No, there's no waiver deadline oh, anymore. That's right. Oh man. yeah. So it's do or die here. Oh well. Um, then yeah, my guess is they'll trade. They'll, they'll try to trade all three. I don't know if they'll be able to trade. Column A, but someone like Sid might just take him as a as a healthy arm. Yeah, uh, I, I I could I could still see it. Like he he and Robles have saves uh, under their belt. They they've done the job. There is value in that. I know sometimes we kind of uh, scoff at that a little bit, but teams like that reliability of a guy who's at least done it before that they can give the ball to in the ninth. Who he might not have the stuff to get it done, but the stomach won't be the issue, right? They won't ha- they won't have the the mental. Uh, issue of uh, trying to get over being in the ninth. They just have to execute. By the way, Bearclaw pitching pretty well. Uh, homers are an issue. Uh, he's given up five and 25 and a third this year, but otherwise the strikeouts are there. I mean, he still walks the yard, but he's been very difficult to hit with a 5.0 hits per nine. So I don't know if he would come up, but uh, that's why. Vincent's that they, still down there too. 
Oh, wow. Some throwback names there. So yeah. we'll keep an eye on that with, with the Twins. I agree Duffy would be the guy to spec on right now. Um, maybe call him a two um, if they, if you don't think they can trade all three. I would have to is... be pretty desperate to speculate on column Aaron. <laughs> Just That's with fair. the way he's pitching. That's fair. It, ha- it has been tough for him. Um, Jake Fraley is going to be returning from COVID. He's going, on an, he's going on a rehab assignment this week. Don't know how long it'll take. You know, he was gone for a while for this. Uh, and so I think it, I think it could be, at least be a handful of games. Basically, it's it's kind of a last-ditch audition here for Kalnick to see if he can stick, because otherwise I think it's the move to bring up uh, to bring Fraley back and send Kalnick back down. Because, I mean, he's just – he's lost right now. And I'm I, talking a bit about this on Twitter, and I saw somebody put it the right way where, like – his at-bats are him just trying to keep his head above water. He doesn't look comfortable at any point. He did take a real key walk in, in that comeback yesterday. That was that was really awesome after three strikeouts. Um, if you can build on that, that's great. I mean, it's a tiny little thing, though. And again, surviving has been really the key for him. It's, he's just trying to survive every at-bat. And and frankly, he has, he's struggled to do that. He's striking out way too much. Kalnick has a uh, 102-191-169 line with a 34% strikeout rate. You and I were talking about it this week. He's a cut. I mean, I, I 15 teams, I get it. If you if, if you can finagle it and it doesn't kill you to hold him, sure. But I don't know, man. Like, we're holding name value right now. There's nothing in here that suggests that he's going to get going. And – I think you get to a certain point of this this perf- like this level of performance where is there even a case that it could just snap into place? Like, does that? I know the BABIP is low and the homer to fly ball is low, but the, but he's striking out so much, he really doesn't seem to have a firm grip on what's going on with the way teams are attacking him. So I don't even know that he could have like a quick turnaround uh, for Kelnick. I mean, I think he could. I think he's a talented enough player. Um, to figure it out and figure it out pretty quickly. I just don't know that you can wait and risk getting uh, murdered, especially in the batting average department. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I pointed out on Sunday with, you know, talking about uh, uh, Carlos Correa and his, you know, like struggle since the uh, all-star break uh, was that, you know, his struggles have dropped his, you know, batting average almost 20 points since the all-star break that's wild by the way yeah and so it it just kind of reinforces the point that your ratio categories still move quite a bit mm-hmm. and so rostering a guy who's going to be batting i think he's batting like 110 or something like that since he returned uh that can really really hurt your team um and so i don't know that uh while he can turn it around in an instant and you're going to kick yourself probably if he does, I think it is more likely that he gets sent back down to the minor leagues again. Um, especially, especially if they're going to be adding pieces, which it seems like they are. Exactly. Uh, I just don't see how he wouldn't be the obvious send down there. Their two bench guys are Tom Murphy, the backup catcher. He's not going anywhere and shed long who has infield outfield and can kind of back up, all around. So I, I, I just, I don't see it. I, I don't see how it isn't Kelnick when, uh, when Fraley's due back. So by the way, um, 
are you going out and adding Fraley? He's starting to get cut a bit in, in some leagues when people because people were kind of getting impatient with his uh, with his COVID return. Because I really liked him when he got the job there. Felt like he could really be somebody who uh, who was a contributor the rest of the way. The only thing that's really slowed him down is this uh, not injury, but this 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 lost time due to COVID. He's down to thirty one percent in uh, in twelve team. Uh, online championship leagues, which means he's going to be even more widely available in like tens and twelves at Yahoo and ESPN. Is Fraley somebody that you're going to go out and preemptively pick up? I don't know because if this is a team that's going to be adding in the way that it looks like they might, um, <laughs> he may get sent back down. Um, oh, he's not getting sent down. You don't think? You think they send oh. down Shed Long? Uh, or they, I mean, they may be either setting him down or they cut Jake Bowers. Or Torrens, I guess, could get. Or, Torrens or has Rowley. shown a lot of power, though. It might be. It's it going to be, be one like of the catchers. Rally. They got three yeah, catchers three on this catchers. roster. So. And I think they've been playing Torrens a bit at first to get his bat in there because he has displayed some pop. I think Fraley's had enough. Uh, shown this year, and he's a good defender to the point where he, he's going to, he's not going to get sent out I, I would think like like i said i think like a jake bowers they would just say thanks but no thanks he has a 64 wrc plus with them he's out of options so they'd have to cut him or dfa him but i think that's a move before fraley goes anywhere and even even shed long i i, I think shed long can survive over about oh, shed long's been quite awful too so yeah either shed long, long gets sent could, down. yeah i think long could get definitely sent down one of the catchers, uh, Raleigh hasn't done anything of note. He has one homer. He had he did have a big three run double yesterday, and you know, a couple impact plays, uh, individual hits there. But he has a 540 OPS, uh, and then go back to Torrens and Murphy, or Shed Long. But either way, I think Fraley survives. Like once he comes back up, big I mean, time. As like, long as I, I no Fraley concerns. keeps rock, walking at a twenty percent rate, yeah, I, I have mean, no concerns about him. He's awesome. He's his walk rate is twenty two point one percent. It's been it's, it's been insane. unbelievable. It's been I mean, really really impressive. Two thirty seven batting average and a four oh nine on base percentage. This could be like a two three game rehab too. By the way, if he comes back and yeah, he's it just could like, be pretty quick. Go, he'll be back and then Kelnick's out. Um, and then we'll see what else happens with any moves that they might make. Uh, Oscar, I know, is going to start uh, rehab on Tuesday as well. Remember, he fractured his hand by being a baby and uh, punching a wall, which walls remain undefeated. They're even more undefeated than Coors. Yes. Coors takes some L's from pitchers that actually stifle it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wall always, always, the always was yeah. literally undefeated. Literally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, listen. I don't know. There was I, that. What, what's that uh, old... Uh, video of the of the outfielder running through the wall oh yeah rodney mccray yeah. <laughs> that's true that's not true. undefeated they, they're it's not undefeated one in take... infinity but there's yes. still that one win they, that, yeah that's a great that's a great call there um that clip is so wild by the way uh but yeah so in noah you know he was pitching really well and that was the most frustrating part and by the way as somebody who you know can be irrationally angry at things and and act like a baby. Um, I, I I'm I'm poking fun at him, but I, I've been known to do stupid shit. I I used to be a controller thrower crybaby, and then one time it bounced back and hit me in the face. And nothing <laughs> snaps you out of your hissy fit more than something like that. Or like this one hasn't happened to me, but I've seen it happen. Like chucking a basketball against the wall and it comes back and hits you. Like if whatever you're throwing 
comes back and hits you, you quickly snap out of being mm-hmm. a little titty baby and you realize, okay, I need to calm it down. And uh, yeah, so when that happened, it, it was it was no more, not not wasting sixty dollars because I'm mad at a video game. This this was years ago. I've I've matured a smidge at least uh, beyond that. But anyway, I know it's gonna come back. Three hundred two ERA, one hundred five WHIP. Were you preemptively picking him up anywhere this this weekend? I wasn't, but I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, will you be targeting him this week? Uh, obviously, the price will go up a bit if he has a big rehab. But he's only twenty four percent at on OCs, so I think he's going to be in focus this uh, this weekend if if the if the rehab goes well. He's only available in like a couple mains, but uh, mostly twelve teams and lower for Inoa. Yeah, I think he. I mean, it it all depends on what your team construct is, right? I mean, if you have a ton of injuries, I've got some leagues where my entire bench is just filled with injured guys right now. And so obviously can't afford to stash a guy like that, but exactly. I have other leagues where uh, I'm, my injuries aren't a big deal or I can cut guys that are injured for a guy like, uh, you know, uh, and I mean, he is, he was so good uh, when he, yeah. before he broke his hand. So, uh, and I would, I would think he would get back into the rotation. Either oh, they move sure. Muller back down to the minors or oh, I don't know about that. Uh, he's been so good. Uh, yeah, he has. I mean, it's, it's, let me see the rotation. Maybe that's the, maybe you're saying true that smiley. I mean, cause you're not gonna move Tuki with the way Tuki's pitching. True. Oh man, it becomes tough. Um, um well, but you could move true smiley into the pen, the pen. Maybe, um, there's been chatter of Morton being dealt. Interesting. Because, you know, teams kind of see them or, or folks kind of see them on the fringe, which they are. I mean, they're two games under Philly's ahead of them now, but they're only five games back. Like, that's a good yeah. week, especially like that's a good week, particularly if you have a series against the Mets. Right. So it is well, hard they have to have like, a series sell. against the Mets right now. And they split their doubleheader. That's yesterday. true. That's true. And then they get the other one today with, with Drew Smiley, you know. I wonder if they could do something like if they if they get a Noah back and they feel really good. Now, you want to be careful, like just going uh, on five guys because, you know, Ian Anderson's working his way back. But if they really want a Noah Muller and Tukey in there, could they trade Morton to reinforce the offense? So it's not really a sell move, mm-hmm. but instead something where they're like, okay, let's get a, let's change this for a premium bat. And and then we'll go with Freed, Smiley, Tucson. You get a premium bat back for Morton though, unless yeah. unless it's another rental like Morton is. That's fine, yeah. But it has like a big, like a pretty solid bat, yeah. I would Who, think so. Who's doing that? Um, couldn't couldn't the Dodgers do that? Can the Dodgers afford to right now with all their injuries? What about the Padres? Ooh, that's yeah, that's kind of interesting. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're maybe that's why they got Frazier. They got maybe, designs on maybe other they, things. Uh, trade. Would they trade Tommy Pham? Sure. I don't. I don't know why they wouldn't. When that that would kind of work. Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham for Charlie Morton. Just straight up, yeah. Just we're both competing, but we got. They're not. They're not trading right Cronenworth. They're not trading Machado. They're not trading Grisham. They're not trading Frazier. Correct. So it comes down to and Ammer Myers. 
uh, Atlanta doesn't need a first baseman, so they're not trading for Hosmer. So it comes down to Fam or Myers. What does Myers have left on that contract? He's got next year. It can't be that much because it was not a bad deal. I'm scrolling down real quick. You can probably hear my mouth. That's ah, 22.5 next year. So I think it'd be Fam because that's rental for rental. Yeah. And they cry. They Atlanta cries poor for sure. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, what about the problem is Casty just got hurt. I was going to say the Reds, but Castellanos that, uh, supposedly good news over the weekend. They're oh, that's hoping good. he's going to come back uh, faster than first expected. Problem is, I don't know the problem. Like they wouldn't trade Casty and they wouldn't trade Winker, and then the other guys probably aren't. They're not good enough. Like a, a Naquin doesn't move the needle. Aquino doesn't move the needle for Atlanta to do that. Um, if, if you're doing rental for, if you're trading, it either has to be like more. Yeah. Because Morton to like a bottom team does not work. They need. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. What about, hang on, I'm looking at the price. Cause I think, Oh, what about the angels for Justin Upton? Interesting. But uh, he makes 28 next year though. That's tough. That's tough, but yeah, I don't know. And, and see, I don't think the Giants have like an impact bat that they could do it. Not either. that they want to give. They don't want to give. They're Yaz. not going to give Yaz. Uh, and he's the only one who I think would really match Morton's potential yeah. impact. So I don't know. I don't want to bog down too much on that. We'll see. Here's the thing. Uh, maybe they go six man for a little bit and, and let let things come out in the wash with the Noah. Um, you can't, it can't hurt to have six guys. So we'll see what happens. He might even need multiple starts, right? What if his hand is is still kind of jacked anyway? So we'll get more information after today. Um, if you preemptively get him, make sure it's very, very cheap for Inoa. Otherwise, just kind of play the wait-and-see game. Let's get into some more rumors, though, because I love talking trade rumors. And we know that so much of this won't happen. But a, a lot of the guys that we're going to talk about really should be on the move. So hopefully a lot of these come to fruition. We know Rich Rod's going to be dealt. Um that's obvious. The the talks are very active on him, quote unquote. That's the that's the rumor. And right now, the two prime contenders appear to be Toronto and Philly, two teams both chasing, um, and both very much holding bullpen needs. Like that's that's like their biggest need. Strictly from a fantasy standpoint, where's the better fit for you for Rich Rod? Where would you like to see him go? And by the way, this is why I liked drafting him because people thought he. The, the assumption that the traded guy from the scrub team is going to be traded to be a, a middle reliever somewhere, we assume that too often, I think. And and we talked about this, you and I did in March, about how like he could be traded to be the closer. So we'll take our shot. We'll get him for three-plus months, uh, four months really, and then we'll see what happens for the final two. And it looks like, in Rich Rod's case, he's going to be traded to be the closer. So where would you prefer to see him, Philly or Toronto, if you could pick? Hmm. Um. Can I pick somewhere else? I mean, you can, but these are. I'll, are the I'll let you do spots. that after. But these okay. are the two right now that that they're getting the most heat, and then you can get because you know again rumors change on a dime. So just because these are the two that are that are most keyed in on, and uh, Jason Mackey was the one reporting on it for this uh, rumor that it pulled off of trade rumors. You can do another one, but for these two, if these are the only two right now, who would you want? I think I'd want Philadelphia. It stay, okay. stays in the National League, um, and I think uh, I mean I think either place. Is that, 
he lands. Is that as important for closers though? They don't, they're never going to face the pitcher. Eh, that's true, but you're still facing a guy off the bench that's probably not very good. That's a good uh, point. Uh, and you're and not only pitching the AL East, and exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. that's okay. That's the that's the other part of I'll it. I'll give you that part for sure, hundred percent. Okay, uh, well then, who's your who's your third pick then? Atlanta. Okay. Um, Again, if they're if they're if if they think they can be buyers right yeah. now, um, which I think they kind of are, and again we'll see. I think today's game, you, you hate to put too much or th- this series, not not just today's game. Uh, oh wait, they have th- this is a five game set. I forgot. I'm an idiot. The way I was looking at the schedule, I saw three games left. I didn't think it was three games left. I thought it was the two doubleheader games and then one game left. No, there's three games left in this series. So this is going to decide Atlanta's fate, right? They got to take two out of three here or else they need to start looking at moving guys, I think. Um, I okay, so Atlanta would be your number one spot for them. I think that would be such a good spot. Uh, I mean, Will Smith has been fine, but not great. Um, and I think uh, they probably would prefer him to be uh, kind of the setup guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Though I think there is a chance that their chance they could just split. Which will probably would suck. Um, so yeah, it'd be it'd be matchup based. It'd maybe be, Philly is us, maybe Philly is the them. spot that uh, we're more uh, we're more looking for them. But I think if it is between Philly and Toronto, which like you said, it sounds like it might be. Um, I, I think either spot he becomes the guy. I agree, and that's what that's what I like about Rich Rod, and that's why I liked drafting him was the notion that I'll take four months as as the main guy in Pittsburgh. And then I'll take my chances that he can still be a closer somewhere else. And uh, with regards to the main specifically, I picked up David Bednar in the backup. So I could end up with an extra closer uh, after this week. If he goes to Philly, closes, and then Bednar does assume that role as we hope slash expect. So, okay, uh, that's that's the Rich Rod rumor. Let's move on. Uh, we're also looking at now this one. This one's uh, uh, really intriguing to me. I mean, a lot of these are, but Max Scherzer, of course, we've been talking about him a little bit here and there, looking like the Nats are in de- indeed toast and they're open to selling him and somebody else, by the way. We're going to get to that rumor. Keep I keep teasing that one. Uh, he prefers West Coast. And I've kind of been putting him on the Dodgers because that just makes the most sense. But the NL West in general seems to be the best fit for him uh, based on where he wants to go and the teams that are interested before we get into that. Cause the, I think those are the most likely. Could the angels do it? I mean, I think the angels could do it. Um, would it wh- who would it take Adele Marsh? I don't think it would take Adams? either of those guys. Oh, I, th- I think you're underrating this market right now. I think, I think it's going to be a little bit more pricey for rentals this time. I, I think so. I mean, look what, uh, look what Cruz just got. Strotman and Ryan for a 41-year-old DH. He's uh, amazing. I'm not, I'm not saying an that amazing DH. A, a timeless this is an amazing DH. ace. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think it costs Adele or uh, or Marsh, but um, it's like a top 120 type prospect, top 100 fringe. Yeah, something like that, maybe. Um, the question is, like, should the Angels even try that? That's kind of where I was going to ask you next. And I, I don't know. I mean, they are 10 games out of the division. They're not competing for the division. They'd be competing for a wild card spot. Um, I, I think if, if the Angels are going to make a move, they should be making a move that 
is for someone who's on like a two or a three year deal. It's, it's in, in case they fall short this year. Yeah. So that way I still think Barrios is like the right fit for them. I do too. I think that's a, I think that is a very good fit for them. Um, and then they can move one of those outfielders. So then the twins, when they want to trade Buxton, like idiots, they have their next outfielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm, so let's, I'm, let's move to the West then let's move to the NL West. Cause that's, that's where he's going to Cause it's go. not going to be Oakland. No, and it's not going to be Houston because that's not even West Coast. They're in the AL West, but he yeah. wants to go out to the West Coast. So let's focus on Dodgers, Padres, Giants. It's let's not going to be the Giants. OK, I was going to ask if you think it could be them. So then Dodgers, Padres, where we're, we're at now, and they are the top candidates for like everybody good these days uh, because their aggressiveness, their uh, their willingness to pay and their remarkably deep systems. So for me, it's been the Dodgers the whole way. Um, I still believe that to be the case. Do you, what do you think the chance? What what's the split here between Dodgers Padres in terms of percentage chance? And then I'll ask you percentage chance that. Well, I, I, let me ask you this first: percentage chance that Scherzer even gets dealt in your mind? I think there's a sixty percent chance he gets dealt. Okay, I'm a little higher. I was gonna say seventy. So neither of us are like lock, book it, it's done. But we're pretty high. 60, 70% yeah. is pretty high. He says he prefers the West Coast, but he also said that he wouldn't exercise his veto. Correct. Five so and ten, he, ten could, five he could, he could uh, go anywhere. So two questions then. First, the split on LA-San Diego percentages. What, 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 where do you favor? Um, and so I'm doing it versus... Yeah, uh, versus, so, like for me, 80-20 is Dodgers. Okay, uh, I'm going to say 60-40 Dodgers. Okay, then second question, where's your wild card? If he doesn't go out to the West Coast, where where do you have him? Toronto. <laughs> Dude, that would be so sick. It's what they need to do. That would be putting it on the table, dude. Yeah, that would and they, I mean, they have some prospects to do people. that. Uh, oh, yeah, they do. They got a deep system. They they can get that done with relative ease, I believe. Yeah, I think, I mean, Toronto would be be the spot. They, they've shown the ability to want to make moves right now. And, uh, you know, if, if you gave the Blue Jays, that, that offense obviously is amazing, but you put mm-hmm. that rotation as... Uh, Ryu, Scherzer, Ray, Stripling, and then Steven Matz. Matz as your five is so nice. And then Strip and Matz are like tandem or bullpen when the playoffs hit, if they make it. Oh, man. That would be that would be wiener on the table, man. That would be – and like I said, the depth of their system means that they're not – it's not going to have to be a Pearson or a Martin. Obviously, it's not going to be Manoa who's working his way back too, by the way. We didn't even mention oh, him. Oh, yeah. That's right. Manoa too. Yeah, I think um, I think that would be that. That's my dark horse. I know it's not West Coast. Um, if you know, if if Max had more time on his contract, I think I would say Seattle could get involved. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's it's just the one. I know there was the talk of like Boris said he needs a, an extension. That's Boris. That's just Boris chatter. I, I don't think that's a requirement. I really don't. Um, okay, so that's Max Scherzer rumors. I really hope he gets dealt just because I love the excitement of that stuff. I think it'd be fun to go to the AL for for those of y'all who are in AL only leagues. I love stuff like that too. I don't have any NL or AL only leagues this year, so I um, 
I don't have that potential excitement of the deadline, but I love that sort of stuff and the dynamics it can bring into a league. Here's another one that could change the dynamics of a league. I, I've been teasing this one the whole way. Trey Turner to Seattle chatter. It's just a little chatter right now. We mentioned at the outset how they were rumored with Frazier. He goes to San Diego. They've also been rumored with Whit Merrifield, which I think is probably more likely. But how much does this get you going if if Turner goes out there and jumps into jumps into their lineup? I mean, I, I would I would love that. Be interesting because either that means JP Crawford gets maybe moved as part of that deal, mm-hmm. or uh, or there's a position switch for either Crawford or Turner. Um, I, I mean, Crawford's been pretty good. You know, maybe not fantasy good necessarily, but he's been a pretty good real life player. Yes. Um, and I don't know that Seattle necessarily wants to move him for just one more year of Trey Turner. I, I it feels I don't think really so unlikely that Seattle is going to be the team well, that he's, jumps He's the in. better fielder, right, though? Crawford? Yeah, I think so. So Turner could go to second. Mm-hmm. And he could also go back to the outfield. Yeah, but I mean... For a guy who's only going to be on your team for another year, I mean, I don't know. It seems I, I think Merrifield feels like the better. Well, he's he's bit. a true second baseman. I think that's why why you're saying that. But like, well, isn't Merrifield signed for longer too? He's also older, quite a bit. So I don't know that that appeals to me. No, he's just got the one next year. Oh, as well. oh he has a, no, no. Hang on, twenty three team option at ten and a half, which is not bad. No, he only yeah, makes. So. He, he only makes two point eight next year for uh, for Merrifield. That seems so. like such a a good buy right there. I mean, and, Jose Ramirez too is another another player that's been linked to Seattle. We talked about that rumor on Sunday. That um, I mean, any of those would be hot. And I I don't think Crawford is the one who gets moved off either in the deal or moved off of short. I think they really do like him. Um, I think it would be the new guy playing second. And then in Turner's case and Merrifield's case, they can play the outfield as well. Yeah. Um, so I, li- likely, I, li- I like to see Seattle going for it. This is uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And this is the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Somebody that helps you next year too, if you fall short, and and that way you're not mortgaging the future because this isn't costing Julio Rodriguez or Noelve Marte. Um, it's going to cost something impact for sure, but it's not going to be those two guys or Kelnick. So none none of their top three guys, all of whom are top 11 on our prospect list, but it might be a Hancock or a Kirby. Yeah. And I'm okay with that though. Yeah, for sure. Because again, it helps for next year when they, when they were really expecting to be set up this year has actually been kind of a, a special, like, um, you know, th- th- this is icing on the cake right now. They were expecting next year to be the the push year. So I like it. I think it'd be really cool. What's your likelihood overall, not necessarily to Seattle, that Trey Turner gets moved? It feels unlikely. Uh, 30%. I'll put, I'll put it at a 40. Yeah, okay. So we're, we keep being 10 points off. But yeah, I'm at, I'm at 40%. So we're still under, under a coin flip on it. I hope. My hope is 100%. My likelihood is a good bit lower just because I'm I'm obsessed with trades and I want to see them. Um, <laughs> this one is another one that like feels like there's been a lot of writing on the wall and I just wonder if it's going to get done. Joey Gallo uh, leaving Texas. Toronto, the Yankees, and the Padres are on the board for this one. Uh, according to John Morosi, th- those are the reports there. I don't know that Padres getting another 
premium hitter makes a lot of sense. Um, because then, then they'd have to be trading Hosmer, right? But Gallo doesn't want to play first, so they don't want to like. And plus, I think it's a waste of his defense. He's a legit outfielder, and um, he's, a, he's he can hang third too. But obviously, he's not going there either with Machado. So he'd either have to play the outfield. Now, would Grisham be somebody going back? Are, are, is that worth it at that point, though? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. No, so, now the years of control you have on on Grisham. So that one, the Gallo to San Diego doesn't fit for me as much. The Yankees versus Toronto. Let's let's focus on that a little bit. Let's focus on the Yankees. We talked a bit about Toronto and the fact that they're they're clearly going to try to make a big splash in some capacity. Pitching would obviously suit them better, but it wouldn't hurt to get uh, Gallo. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying that, but I think pitching is where they make the most impact. But the Yankees, right? We know the the struggles they've been through. You'd think they were 20 games under 500 the way they're discussed, but they're actually four games above, um, and they're a bit back. Uh, but they're like five back of the wild card, so it's not like the season's over. Uh, is Gallo the right fit here for for the Yankees? Uh, I mean, I think it's not a bad fit. Uh, three and a half back, by the way. Pardon me. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're still in the hunt for the wild card. Gallo has another year on his contract. Uh, clearly, Clint Frazier uh, does not seem to have been working out, and he's on the IL. Um, Luke Voigt can't stay healthy. I mean, their team on the IL is ridiculous right now. They They have... Uh, nine hitters and oh my six gosh. pitchers um, on their <laughs> oh IL right now. God, dude. Uh, including Aaron Hicks, Clint Frazier, uh, Luke Voigt, Kluber, Severino. I mean, it's just, it's like an all-star, Aaron Hicks. It's an all-star team on the IL. That is, that's nuts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that Gallo would make a lot of sense for them. Uh, and he would be fun to watch in that stadium. How fun would he be as a lefty in that stadium, yeah. dude? Um, I, I mean, I'll be interested to see what they do at the deadline. Yeah, they're super far out in the division. They're nine and a half games back from from the Red Sox. They're clearly fighting for a wild card right now. Uh, but that's yeah, why a longer term move makes sense, though. Yeah, right? exactly. That Sets them up next for next year, year as well. If they do fall short. And with Gallo, he has multiple positions. I mean, they've so, also been in touch with the Rockies about Trevor Story. I was, uh, you took the the next thing. It wasn't on the rundown, but I was going to bring that up. Which which is better for them, do you believe? Um, I mean, I think Gallo is better for him because he's got another year under contract. Unless yeah. they think that trading for Story now gives them a leg up in signing him long term. That... Because then you can move LeMahieu over to first, uh, move Torres over to second. Story is your everyday, uh, everyday shortstop. That would be that'd be that'd be really cool. So that'd be really cool. Uh, but I think for right now, Gallo makes the most sense. I mean, right now yeah. their their left fielder is Brett Gardner, and their right fielder is Greg Allen. Their center fielder is Estevan Florial. Well, I like Florial, like, but. Yeah, this is not a Yankees outfield. No, no, it's not. Um, Yeah, it's been it's been rough for them. And yet they're still hanging in. That's why I'm saying like 
all, all the uh, hand wringing about them. And I get it, you know, they've underperformed, but like there is a reason. Yeah, it's not, and and they've they've had some guys who have clearly underperformed. Glaber jumps out first and foremost, but like as, with all as, these injuries, the fact they're over five hundred right now is actually pretty astounding. That's what I was about to say. Like I, I'm reluctant to ever give the Yankees too much credit because f the evil empire. But like if I'm just taking an honest look at it, they have enough built-in excuses to be where they're at and even worse like if they were five games worse right now i wouldn't bat an eye and be like this yeah. team needs to be torn apart they're idiots like they're also the in the fact, toughest division in baseball yeah and they're grinding and they're still very much in the mix no, so no one like, gives the blue jays any shit for being in fourth place in that division and they haven't dealt with the, this kind of no. issue they've if been, anything they've outside had outside of springer they've been remarkably healthy yeah, and and Hernandez has jumped a level. Um, uh, Ray has become a star pitcher. You know, until that recent outing, Stripling was on fire for them. Like they've had things break for them pro- pro- uh, positively. Alec Manoa's come up, has been great. He did have the injury, but it doesn't look like it's going to be long term. He should be back, I think, next week. So yeah, like it, it, it's nuts. I know the Yankees' expectations are through the roof, but. Sometimes you got to step back and just be honest about things and say, it's okay that they haven't been that good. It makes sense. And yet they could still make the playoffs. And then if they win the wild card, you never know at that point. You get a Cole, Tyone, uh, uh, Herman, Montgomery rotation going. The bullpen is actually still one of the good parts of their team. They start their whatever trade acquisition they get, they start to get some guys back offensively. And then watch out. And then all of a sudden they're making noise. And we're like, remember when we were talking about them being the worst team in the universe? So mm-hmm. anyway, enough Yankees talk. I feel bad. I feel gross talking about them in a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Yankees fans. All right, let's put a few guys in focus here as we finish up. We have to do a Jorge Soler revisit, man, because you got to get a victory lap in on this one. Um, I re-listened to our, our discussion on him and how you completely 180'd me within the convo. When it started, I was like, this one's easy. We don't need to talk much about this. Um, I'm not keeping him anywhere, but but AL only, blah, blah, blah. Two and a half minutes, three minutes later, I'm like, you have fully sold me. I'm in, and I want to buy. And then what happened after the show? I texted you and said, you have so completely sold me that I'm now looking to make a trade acquisition in, in one of my trade leagues for Jorge Soler. Then I furthered it in one of the solo pods I did where I was recommending hitters on the come up. I put Soler on that, giving you your full attribution that you deserve. He has six homers in his last six games, including back-to-back two homer games. He has seven on the month. Um, and oh, I was going to say all seven are since the break. No, they're, they're since July 9th, though. So his last... 41 plate appearances. He has a 12-27 OPS, Soler does, with the seven homers. He's been absolutely on fire. Sir, enjoy your victory lap. Well, why, thank you. Uh, and, I mean, it could get even better here if he's traded because he is That a, was my next question. Yeah, he's a free point. agent at the end of the year, and the Royals aren't competing clearly, and uh, he is getting hot at the perfect time for them. So Absolutely. He has seven home runs in seven RBIs. I know, I that's know. Um, like eleven runs scored. <laughs> that's 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 the Royals for you. But but the power's cu- coming back. 
and you highlighted a lot of different skills that were that were really intact. And that's what sold me in that combo. I was like, wow, you're really you're making great points. Then we hit on the fact that he had a single digit homer to fly ball rate. It just didn't add up for him to be that bad um, because he wasn't even striking out at some egregious rate. He's at 27 percent for the year. Like, that's fine for a slugger for Solaire. So. Well done. Like it, it, it was just a really good. Like I, I thought everything looked clear to just move on from from this guy, and I, I'm glad I I'm glad I was uh, turned within the the episode there, and I'm not on tape saying, "Cut this guy, he's terrible." Because <laughs> well, that would be embarrassing. I think we bail each other out and on on plenty of occasions. From, Absolutely uh, overreacting, uh, and I, I think he's one of those guys that I well, obviously he's super hot right now, and. and uh, you're going to have to pay more than you did. I, I don't think you can. Uh, I think you should still check in uh, oh, because yeah. any place he goes outside, if he ends up in San Francisco, is going to be a better park for him. Um, Even San Francisco, I think. I think the way the oh yeah I probably think the way it's been playing, mm-hmm. especially as a right-hander, it's yeah. better than Kaufman's tough. Dude. It is. It is tough. Uh, and so yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see where he lands. He won't be like the one of the most talked about guys but i would assume but if he pops another two homers today he will be (laughs) yeah uh but like i assume the royals are gonna move him Uh and and they like you said he has done them a massive favor by getting white hot at the right moment here and teams can look beyond the sub 200 average and understand that they're buying a guy who's got great power, who has almost a 100-point split between his OBP and his average. It's still under 300 for the OBP. I get all that. He'd be a nice they, consolation prize for the athletics. Exactly. I think that, yeah. I know a lot of folks, I, our, our friend Scott Jenstead, really wanted them to get Cruz. Um, I think Solaire would be a great fit, and he'll be cheaper. The Drew, Drew Strotman, Joe Ryan payout was was pretty big. For the Rays, which, by the way, I still like that deal. I'm not blasting the Rays. If anything, I'm just applauding the the Twins on that. Solaire will not cost that much, and he would fit perfectly into that DH spot for them. Um, so that's a great call out there. But, yeah, just want to give a little victory lap there and a little kudos to you because that was a great call. And that's what buying low really is, right? It's easy to buy low when all the indicators are obviously saying that the guy is going to get better. This was a wreck. And you had to go second, third level to convince me, like, because uh, I wasn't even in when we first did the discussion. So great work, well done there. I, 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 we don't get everything right, you know, and so we, we try to take our L's when, when they come through. But uh, we're gonna take we're gonna take a dub when it comes through, and I think Justin deserves a big one there. So uh, let's put Patrick Sandoval in focus. We haven't really talked about him much this year, and he's just quietly popping off. He made a little bit of noise. Uh, or not, not a little bit, a lot of noise in his most recent outing that maybe has made people take more notice of what he's been doing with a near no-hitter in Minnesota. He went eight and two-thirds, just the one hit, 13 punchies. Since joining the rotation, Justin, Patrick Sandoval has a 3.22 ERA, a 106 whip, 73 Ks in 64 and a third innings. He's been a G. And that makes, I, I got to be honest, I hate to make it about somebody else, that makes Dylan Bundy's fall off that much more painful. Because with Otani being a god, Sandoval breaking out, Cobb being useful, the fact that Heaney and Bundy have been so bad, 
has been another missed opportunity for this squad. So I, I hate to make it big picture on them again, and we'll get to Sandoval, but like that was the first thing I thought. And I know that that's so fatalistic, but it's because we want Trout and Otani in the playoffs so badly. Imagine if even one of those guys was pitching to like a 420 ERA. Like, it'd be so nice. But let's focus on Sandoval. Do you have many excellence? He's been a god. Uh, I have him in, I think, at least one of my main events. Oh, very uh, nice. And, and actually might have him on both, but I, I can't remember now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, he was a guy that I, I I started looking at what he was doing in June, and I was all like, this is interesting. I don't know if 100% buy it, but it's interesting enough to roster, especially in in – 15 team leagues and maybe even pick up as a team streamer in 12s uh and he's just he's been absolutely uh fantastic uh over the course of these last uh last uh couple months now um and i think it's fairly legitimate um i think one of the issues that we were running into was he was kind of blocked in that rotation or the angels didn't seem to want to uh use him uh, but he's been, he's been very, very good. Um, you know, his, uh, batting average against his changeup is, uh, one thirteen. Dude, that change piece is, is the gem for Sandoval. Mm-hmm. That is really he's the driving throwing force. throwing it a ton. Yep. He's um, leaning into his best pitch, which has been a trend we've seen in the, in the league for years. And I love when a guy kind of clicks when, when he does that. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like him to even maybe even lean in a little bit more to his slider. Um, slider's been pretty good too. The fastball isn't great, um, uh, but if he continues to kind of, you know, he's only been throwing it like twenty five percent of the time, uh, which I think is fine. Uh, so uh, I mean, if you look at his Statcast page, it is all red. It is all red. Wow! It uh, really. It is, it is, it is uh, gorgeous. He's, you know, 80 or 95th percentile in average exit velocity, 81st percentile in hard hit percentage, 75th percentile in barrel percentage. I mean, it is like exactly what you want to see, like outside of the fastball spin, just being nothing, um, <laughs> is, uh, he, he, his stack cast stuff just jumps off the page at you. And I think the fact that they moved to a six man rotation and have stuck with that, lets them feel a little bit more comfortable letting him go deep into games, mm-hmm. which has and, been huge for him. You know, he, he he was cruising there. Like I mentioned the 13 strikeouts for Sandoval during that, that no hitter attempt. He was up to 108 pitches and I, I think they didn't want to let it get away from him because it was a two to one game. Uh, so they did bring in the fresh arm, which I believe was a glacius to go ahead and finish it out. Usually I'm like, just let him finish, but I, I don't want him to lose that game. Um, so yeah, he, they brought in a glasses. He did give up a hit, but then got the strikeout and game over there. But Sandoval has been great for a while now. And, you know, there were many opportunities for folks to pick him up. I, Still, I, hope that- I, I was able to use him as my streamer pick for that 13 strikeout performance. So That's he was wild. under 50% as of the 24th. That's why on CBS he's still only forty one percent at ESPN. I don't yeah. understand that. He should he should be he should be on. He should be rostered in, in every league. Uh, speaking Absolutely. of which, after an f- extremely tough June on my streamer picks, 
uh, I have gotten right back and um, uh, been uh, fantastic. Let's uh, go. That's why you got to keep grinding. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's been nice. You know. I think I have a sub three ERA for oh. my for my streaming picks. It's uh um it's uh becoming. I'm trying to bring it up, but I keep hitting the wrong page. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been it's been my uh, July's been my best month uh, so far after uh, a rough month in June. Damn, that's that's really well done. Or sorry, a two sixty one ERA, a one o two four WHIP with uh oh my God, four wins and 66 strikeouts in 58 and two thirds. That's really sharp. And like what's, what's really sharp about that is I've felt that it's been tough to find guys lately. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm more 15 team. Uh, you, you get to, you can appeal to a, a wider base, but I've been struggling to to pick up too many guys, and you're finding the gems there. So I just need to read the road to write up and, and get those guys for my ten team. Although my ten team league, they're savages. It's a points league, so pitching is obviously a main focus. And every time I go to get someone thinking I'm jumping early on them, they somebody's had them for two weeks. I'm like, how? He wasn't even good until five seconds ago. Um, but yeah, they were on him. Anyway, that's Patrick Sandoval. He's been great. He's still available. Go get him. Um, not just based off of the no-hitter attempt, but the fact that he's been great for a good while now. He should be rostered on many more leagues than 40%, 41% at ESPN. Let's finish up with Brad Hand putting him in focus, and this is the complete opposite uh, of Sandoval in terms of quality and excitement. Brad Hand is melting. Three blown saves and three losses in his last five outings. 13.50 ERA, 2.34 whip. He's allowed runs in four of five of those outings. And I mean, you made a joke like, oh, he doesn't want to be traded. So he's tanking his trade value. <laughs> What's funny is like as a lefty, you know, with with a proven track record, he'll still be desirable. Yeah. And like jokes aside, I don't even think it'll trade t- change his trade market that much. Um, but even if he stays. Could he not lose the job to our, our longtime buddy? Daniel Hudson, who we've been a big fan of for a few years now, he's quietly having a brilliant bounce back season after last year's dud. He has a 220 ERA, a .92 whip, and 48 strikeouts in 32 and two thirds. So, regardless of what happens with Hand, is there not a big chance that Hudson just yoinks the job? I mean, I don't think there's any chance that Hand is on this team. Okay, I think Hand is, is Hudson though. He's 34. Uh, so is this like another like Minnesota thing where both guys are gone anyway? Yeah, because Hudson's a free agent at the end of the year too. So yeah, I think both of these guys are are likely gone. Um, okay. So and I think like you said, uh, being a lefty, uh, and 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 only thirty one. Um, That's why I think his value is not really yeah. dinged by this dud run, unless he's hurt. He you know he'd be great in. Anywhere, really. I mean, any place Houston. that needs Houston would be a, need, a good spot. A Toronto athlete. would be another good spot for Hand, mm-hmm. um, and I think they were linked to him before they uh, they signed. Uh, oh God, who did they sign? That uh, a Kirby Yates. Um, yes. So I think Toronto could make a lot of sense uh, as well. Uh, I mean, any any team could use Brad Hand. So like, I don't think Brad Hand or Daniel Hudson are likely on this team after the trade deadline, which kind of begs the question of who would be the next man up. 
That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Where are you specking? I, I got a, I got a potential name here of somebody who's performing pretty well that maybe could get an opportunity. How does Kyle Finnegan strike you? Man, that's a name right there. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. I don't know that there's anybody else in this bullpen that uh, makes a ton of sense. Right he's been per- he's been particularly sharp over his last fourteen out. Uh, excuse me, fifteen innings, fifteen outings. You know, straight up one inning type of guy. Um, with a 26% strikeout rate, but more importantly to me, a 7% walk rate. Because if you look on Finnegan, walks were kind of his issue. For the season he's got, um, I think he has a 10, uh, an 11% rate. So he was walking a lot of guys early in the year. He's really tamped it down and found something here. And they've put him in in more leveraged roles. He's gotten, uh, during this time, he's gotten seven holds as well. And he's kind of the seventh, eighth inning type guy. So I do think it fits the trajectory of he's the next in line if both Hudson and Hand do go. I think that's where you spec if if, if you're trying to jump and your save's desperate. uh, Kyle Finnegan for the the Nats. Yeah, and I mean, he's a, he he's under team control until 2025. So like uh, they, they would have him for quite a while. Uh, yeah. I mean, since the 18th of June, two earned runs given up and only two walks um, during that time. He's been, he's been electric. So yeah. Yeah. He's been fantastic. I agree. Um, I think he's probably next man up if, if they trade both of them, which they, they should, if, if they're not going to compete, get rid of, get rid of both of them. Yeah, exactly. Like 31 and 34 for Hand and Hudson, respectively. There's no reason to really keep them around. If you're trading Scherzer and entertaining trading uh, Turner, you know, what would you be doing keeping two relievers there? It looks like they are going to start to kind of go for not like, maybe not a full scale teardown and rebuild, but rather, you know, a, like a, a pretty strong retool. Yeah. Um, and so you don't need to keep two 30 something relievers there. So uh, that's what we're looking at. Uh, last thing to end with free agent pickup of the week that we focused on uh for me i'm gonna pick the the obvious one the one that everyone was kind of dialed in on and somebody we briefly mentioned earlier with the charlie morton discussion and hawas gray noah one which was tuki tucson uh he was kind of the big ticket item this week and he's been excellent he has two brilliant starts on the season including a seven inning one run outing at Philly with 10 strikeouts, zero walks, just two walks in the two outings, which is the biggest thing because control has always been a disaster for Tucson, including in the minors this year in 23 innings um, at double, triple and high A. I I guess he's touched all three levels, but he has a 15% walk rate. So I don't even know if he's out of the woods with it, but these first two starts have been fantastic for Tucson. Were you able to get him anywhere, or were you not even playing in the in the big boy pool there, knowing that he was going to cost a decent bit? I actually picked him up in a few leagues the week prior. Ooh, okay. Uh, and so, uh, and I mean, luckily, <laughs> it was he had a two start, or I thought he was going to have a two start week, and um, uh, and I needed I needed someone who was a starter and available in leagues. So I picked him up in the Barf League, and I picked him up in another league. Uh, I've always been a Tukey guy. Uh, and I mean, I love how deep his arsenal is. Uh, it's just a matter of, can he command and control things, uh, as good as his stuff can be. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big Tukey guy. I think it's a, that's a great call right Uh, there. Yeah. So I got him in one league, but in the main, he ended up going triple digits, pitching, not my biggest need, 
um, despite losing Pablo Lopez. Uh, but I was able to get I was able to get Joe Ross. I, I could have put him, but I don't know how available he was. He just happened to be available in mine. I got him perfect bid, thirty one to thirty. I felt really strong about that. Oh, Tukey didn't go triple digits. I'm sorry, I lied. Sixty four or sixty five. My my bid was thirty four, which I knew probably wouldn't get him. But I've learned over my years in NFBC, don't not don't always bid putting on the, yes, yeah. always put the bid in because you do not know, and there's nothing worse than saying like, oh, I'm not going to get him. He that 34 that I bid would have gotten him in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight leagues, including our friend Jeff Zimmerman uh, pairing up with Fred Zinke. They got him for 27. So you never know. Now there were six leagues where he went over a hundred dollars, and you know I wasn't in one of the, I was kind of in one of the mid tier ones uh, at 65 bucks. But you never know. I went for Josiah Gray and Joe Ross. And I got them for 28 and 31, respectively. So, uh, but I wanted to highlight Toussaint just because he was the big ticket, and I know you really love him. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm big Tuki guy. I love that you got him uh, in a league. Uh, I got Brandon Marsh in a few leagues. Just Ooh, okay. taking the gamble, um, you know that he not can... too expensive either, right? No, I got him for 37 bucks in my main. Yeah, I'll uh, take that. Shot. I also got uh, Nick Senzel in that same main for 37 dollars. Um, I like that pickup, by the way, because that could be really sneaky. Yeah. It could be a bust, but for thirty-seven bucks, I think it's a worthy gamble. Yeah, exactly. At this point, especially because uh, in I think it's in that main, um, Eloy is going to be available, and I I'm not going to win him. <laughs> so because uh, yeah, I mean I have one hundred eighty-four bucks left in that main. Uh, oh yeah, I think Eloy is available in my main as well. And yep. Phil Dussault, I believe, is. Uh, is in he, he is in that league and his, is that guy good? yeah his um uh his team is like fifth overall in the main event I was gonna right say, now in that league his... and then I believe he's first overall in a different league. I was gonna ask is that his first or fifth place yeah. team? That is bananas. Him yeah. and Clark Olson each have two teams in the top six. That's just incredible. Yeah, yeah it's just un- unbelievable. Uh, and I, I figure I'm not somebody's got. A uh, hundred dollars more than me, um, in uh, and and also uh, Toby, Batflip Crazy has a hundred dollars more than me, in in that same main event league. So I figure they're they're gonna spend more than I can. My mm-hmm. guess is they're going to like, you know, probably bid a hundred eighty, hundred ninety, two hundred dollars, um, on Eloy next week. So Eloy's only rostered in nineteen percent of mains, mainly because. Uh, they happened like after the timing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, there were some earlier ones that got him, or maybe even some that like, you know, maybe gambled if the injury. I, it just depends on the timing. I'd have to go back and look at the calendar yeah. with with how he was drafted in those drafted and then cut. So he's going to be on most of the main wires this week. Yeah, he's a, he's available in both of my OCs. What do you think um, is the lowest Eloy goes for in a main? In a main. Do you think he goes under triple digits in I don't, any of them? I don't think he can. I can't. I can't really see it. I mean, I, it, he's not available in my other main. Um, that was one of the ones. Uh, so you're one of the nineteen percent. Yeah, but he's available in, in my in my second main because uh, my first main we drafted on three twenty two. Second main drafted on three thirty one day before the start of the season. So twenty two. So let me take a look. Um, you, you keep talking. I'm just going to look at the timeline there real quick. Uh, so 
yeah, I, I, my guess is he's going to go for triple digits at least in, in every league. And I think he's going to probably go for $200 um, or maybe even more if people have that kind of fab left. I'm just, yeah. I'm looking at like, you know, for instance, so in one of my OCs, uh, I don't think it's the one with you. I think it's the other one. Um, I think it's the beat Justin Mason one. Um, I have three hundred and forty-five dollars. Um, okay. Well, you don't have to say how much you're going to put on on them. Well, there's someone in my game. league with seven hundred sixty-nine dollars. Oh, nice. So um, you're you're in trouble there. And there's and there's four people who've got more money than me. So okay. Well, uh, but, if but, someone wants but, to shut me out, they can. But you're still going to bid. Yeah. Because I'm going to bid never, a lot. No. Um, Even though I'm probably not going to win this league. Yeah, March 23rd, uh, what you said was when you did that draft. March 24th is when he got hurt. Yeah. Literally the next day. And so, yeah, those those drafts that took place before that. Oh, we've got him in labor. That's right. That's right. I, I can't keep track of all our injured guys. That's, uh, you know, so it's difficult there because we have so many that mm-hmm. uh, who, who can keep track of a list that It's so long. much fun. <laughs> Buxton, <laughs> uh, Eloy. Um, who else is on there? Savale, every Dekrom, closer, uh, every closer that we had, Leclerc, Rosenthal. Yeah, it's it's been brutal, and we still have like a decent team. We're still kind of hanging in the middle there, but it's it's just been tough to really make a big move. Um, anyway, so that's Eloy uh, Jimenez there. But uh, for Marsh, last thing on uh, just to kind of close the book on Marsh there, he's getting an opportunity. Obviously, when Trout comes back, it's going to be dependent upon how he's doing. Mm-hmm. But he's not necessarily gone because Adam Eaton is there, and he's not. He's not exactly like a complete roadblock. Did so if Trout Marsh, have a setback of some sort? Uh, it was believed that maybe he did, but then the the news, I believe, today or last night was, no, it was mm. not a setback okay. after all. Um, so the, the, the question is, like, what threshold do you think Marsh has to perform at to, to beat Eaton for when Fishboy returns? I don't think he has to beat much of a threshold. That's what I'm saying. Eaton has a 45 WRC plus with the Angels and 78 overall this year. To be quite honest, I did not realize Adam Eaton was on the Angels. That's fair. You've been camping. Um, when when was he signed? Uh, before you went camping, but I just was trying oh, to give you a little bit of an out. Um, I mean, it, it hasn't been that much. I want to say it's been like 10 games. Uh, okay. It's been exactly 10 games. So, yeah, it hasn't been that long. He hasn't done anything. Uh, he seems pretty cooked. But yeah, he came on yeah. the 16th uh, uh, to the Angels. The numbers on on Marsh so far have been underwhelming uh, so far. I mean, not necessarily bad or anything, but... It's like, been whatever for eight I mean, games. He's quite literally been league average um, in terms of like, uh, you know, 241 batting average is the league average. Yeah. Um, he's got 85 WRC plus, but like the underlying numbers are actually somewhat interesting. You know, 85% zone contact percentage which is right around league average hitting the ball hard um uh and you know i think he uh you know he's got speed so like i think there's this uh i think there's something here i think the angels have a chance to kind of give him some time to kind of figure it out and i think he could uh you know the, yeah. almost a double digit walk rate 9.4 percent walk rate so far 25% strikeout. Yeah. I like the foundation he's laying for Brandon Marsh here. Um, he wasn't amazing at AAA, but he, he, again, he was just fine. 
And I'm just kind of eager to see what he can be. I, I like him long term. I really do. I think he's he's very intriguing and a Trout, Marsh, Adele future. Um, and then, you know, we'll see what happens when Jordan Adams comes knocking. Um, could be really interesting there. Could be really interesting. And we'll see what Marsh does. It's been eight games. Like he's one big game from having like a 1050 OPS, right? He hits a homer in like a three for four game and it flips the numbers because he has eight games. He looks exactly like Jason Worth, by the way. Exactly like him with the beard and not just the beard, the long hair, the face too. Like it, he's Jason Worth. He's Jason Worth's kid. I think we need to check the uh, paternity test on that. But anyway, that's Brandon Marsh. We got a nice uh, long one here for you folks. Getting you ready for this trade deadline. I hope we get a banger. We'll talk more about it on Thursday. Hopefully we'll have some trades to analyze. And then we'll give you that last big push there before Friday. But Justin, great speaking with you. Have a good one. Before we go, go though, do we want to maybe talk about doing like a watch party? Well, Nick and I are going to be streaming on Friday. What about on Thursday? Oh, you mean like uh, just our standard yeah. game watch party? Yeah, yeah, we can do a Thursday one. It has been a few weeks. How about, yes, how about Giant, Giants-Dodgers at 12.45 Pacific? So that's uh, 2.45 your time? Looks like you already had something in mind for a good reason. Yes, of course, let's do that. Okay. Not only is it your favorite team, but it's a hell of a series. Mm-hmm. But uh, old school old school ace rivalry. Cueto Price versus, versus Cueto. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I've, I've been a fan of these two guys their entire careers. I love Cueto and Price. So, um, yeah, that sounds excellent. Let's do that. We'll be catching the tail end of of Reds, Cubs, White Sox, Royals as well. So we can bounce around while uh, Yankees Rays probably won't be done either. So we'll be checking out other games. But there there it is. That's our watch party this week on Thursday. Uh, just sign up on the Patreon for the Discord tier and you'll be in. Justin, great speaking with you. Talk to you on Thursday. Take it easy.